to tremble when the winds of this world are blowing
may remember when you were filled with his Holy Spirit and how it shook you to your core and how you'll never be the same. I just wanted to say on the last song that they sang, I was sitting back there and our flesh constantly wants to fight us. And even though sometimes it's hard to be encouraged, like I, if I'm honest, <laughs> um, as they said, he made a way. My flesh says there's not a way made yet. And then the spirit of God reminds me the most important way that could ever be made is Jesus. So he made a way to the cross, and that's the most important thing. And if there's a promise that you're still waiting on, it all lies in the cross, and it lies in what Jesus did. But the most important thing is he made a way for us to come and that we could live in eternity with him. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken.
out your grace. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. probably more needed and we brag on Christ every week and there is no greater and you can't change the message the message is always about Christ but I know what God was showing me this week and I feel like when I would come to the VBS and I would look at the little children's faces and a lot of you is here know what I'm talking about you look on these little innocent faces and you realize that there is an enemy that's out to steal, kill, and destroy them. And the same enemy that if you know Christ at all, you've grown up, well, you've grown up knowing that uh, the enemy is, is in everything that's happening. Almost looks like we're losing, if you'd look at the world. It would look like the enemy's winning the battle but he's not. You know, a lot of times we don't understand where the enemy is. So many people are having a hard time believing in Jesus today. They're hard, having a hard time believing that he can be your savior, he can change a life, and that he can answer your prayers, and he can change the problems that you've, maybe you've been, somebody has done to you or you have done to others. And you think God can't heal those things, and He can. And sometimes we, we are living in this fallen world, and sometimes the things in the world get us down. They get us down about how to live, what happened to our children. We raise them right, 
they don't do right. We teach them things and they go the opposite way a lot of times. The world, the flesh, and the devil is there waiting upon your little children, the little grandchildren, the little children that were here this week. The enemy will be waiting. The enemy will be the world, the flesh, and the devil. Today, I want to talk to you about the devil. Now, you know what? Sometimes you don't come to church to hear, or uh, I'm not exalting the devil, but I want you to understand something. When you sing about it's his breath in me, when you sing about those things, you've got to understand the devil is real. And if it was a bigger task than your little mind, or my little mind can understand, what Jesus did, you and I couldn't do for ourselves. We, he paid a price for our sin that we couldn't pay. We weren't good enough to pay the price. We weren't good enough if they'd have sacrificed us on the cross like they did him. We wasn't good enough to pay for those sins. But Jesus was. And you know what? He didn't just face the Roman soldiers. He didn't just face the Jewish people, his own people that turned him away. But he faced the devil himself. And I want you to hear that because Jesus was paying a greater price than Christians sometimes realize. We carry this gospel, sometimes we carry it so lightly, we take it so lightly, and we don't look at Savior. Because Satan is greater than you're giving him the credit, and I'm not trying to give him any credit, but the truth is, if you don't have Christ in you, you will lose the battle. You're heading for hell. I'm sorry to tell you, but if you don't have Christ in your heart, you think the devil cares about you. He don't care about you. He don't care about one little face that was here this whole week. Not one little child. So if you don't take it serious, when you decide he's my breath and he's my life and he's what I have to hold on to, I can't run this race without him. I can't have no victory without him. If I don't get a hold of that fact and realize the enemy is waiting for me to turn and look to the flesh and look to the world and listen to his call. Because I've seen a lot of Christians walk away. I've seen a lot of them. Seemed like we were talking the other night. Seemed like it was probably 15 years ago there was a move going out about everybody's got sin and it doesn't matter. You're a Christian. Don't worry about it. Your sins are going to be forgiven. All the past, present, and future sins. So you don't have to do anything. You're going to be saved anyway. Well, let me tell you something. That's a lie to come out of hell. He wants you to sit back and relax about your walk with God so he can move in. And he's done a good job. Satan's moved right into this country. He's moved right into the churches. And if you don't recognize that, I'm going to tell you something. It's not coming here and sitting here and mentioning his name sometime or even getting behind. You've got to know him yourself. You've got to say, Lord Jesus, I need you to move in my life. I need you to be the breath that I breathe. I need to surrender all of me because all of me can't do nothing for me. I can't do nothing for nobody else. Only he can. So I began to read this this week. And I want you to hear it because it's important that we hear it. 
Number one, it's important that you believe the whole word of God. How many knows that's true? And how many knows Satan and the devil and hell is talked about all through the Bible? So don't tell me, let's not talk about nothing down. Let's not talk about evil. Let's talk about the joys and the happies. Well, the joys and happies would be great when we're in heaven. Because we'll rejoice with him and he'll be with us. But right now, you're, on, you're in a race for your life. You're in a battle. You're on the battleground. And it's time to step up and get into the battle. In uh, Isaiah, the 14th chapter, most of you heard this before. I want you to hear of where he came from. I want you to hear of where the devil came from. I want you to hear in the 14th chapter of Isaiah, look at verse 12. You've got to understand, there was a proverb that was being given about the king of Babylon. Right in the midst of the king of Babylon, Isaiah's given this uh, prophecy about him, uh, about this proverb about this king, Right in the middle, the Holy Spirit hit him, and he began to tell about somebody that was bigger than any human, somebody that was different than some regular king. I mean, here's what I'm saying, and that's exactly how the Holy Spirit will work. Sometimes he would come in, King David would be talking about something else, and all of a sudden, King David would get a word from God, and he would say things, and it would prophecy that was going to happen many years after. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Isaiah gave a lot of prophetic words about Christ and about what was going to happen. But listen to what he says. Verse 12, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? Now, I got a feeling here, when I look at that, that I'm looking back at when the enemy... Is being cast, cast out. He's being uh, thrown down. It says fallen down. He calls him Lucifer. Well, Lucifer is a name. If you go back uh, all the way in the book of Revelation, you'll find out when he talks about the devil, he calls him Lucifer. That's one of his names. Lucifer was supposed to be some great angel in heaven. God created Lucifer. And you'll find that out in these, in these scriptures I'm reading. He created him, but he created him a, a glorified angel. He gave him a great task to work. One of the things is music. One of the things you'll find, and it's in, the, it's in another place there, and I'll, I'll read it in a minute. But he was a part of the music. And that's why he's in the music. A lot of times, if you get out of it, there's a, a demon who'll come along and get involved, and pretty soon you're listening to stuff that appeals your little, uh, your little spirit inside of you. But the truth is, it's anti-God, and it's anti-Christ. But he goes on to say, For thou hast said in thy heart, listen to what Satan said, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit on, up, sit also upon the mount of the congregation, in the sides of the north, and I will ascend upon, above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. How many hears all them I wills he's got? You know what he's doing? He's exalting himself. Yeah, God made him a, a beautiful angel. God made him uh, 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 with great power and great 
call on his life. And, and if he was in charge of the music or he was in charge of things, he obviously had a pretty big-sized job in, in heaven. But God saw him, and when he saw him, he got exalted in himself. Verse 15, Yet thou shalt go down, be, that, be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. That's how you know. You know what? Isaiah's listening to the voice that's talking to him. And the voice is telling him, but you'll be brought down to hell. You know Satan's going to be cast into hell. Do you know Satan don't live in hell right now? That's his destination. That's his end. And he's trying his best, listen to me, to take everybody he can with him. Why? Because he wants to go against God. He's the opposer of God. He's going against him with everything he's got. Because why? He's already failed and he's already been marked by God. So he can't go back to where he's at. Don't pray for him to get saved because he's not going to. He doesn't have no space for repentance. I want you to turn to Ezekiel, the 28th chapter. There's a lot more verses I could read that I'm not going to. I'm going to go to 28th chapter of Ezekiel. Most of you that's read the Bible very much have read this, but I want, to hear, I want you to hear it. In the 28th chapter of Ezekiel, this is Ezekiel talking, and he's a prophet. And I want you to listen to what he says. Um, going to read one little last part of verse 13 to show you about the, uh, about the music. He said, the workmanship, that's halfway down through the verse 13, the workmanship of thy tabrets, which are timbrels, which are uh, like tambourines, and thy pipes was prepared in, in thee in the day that thou was created. Now listen to what I'm telling you. God created him. And God created him with this talent of music. He obviously created him with this, uh, you know what, he wouldn't be out of beat. He knew the beats. He knew exactly how the, the music ought to run. He knew exactly how to make it work. Sometimes we get exalted in ourselves and what we think we know. But I'm going to tell you something, that's coming from the enemy. You can't hardly find. I remember one of the singers a few years back, a woman singer, and she was famous. She made a statement, I won't sing, but with, she named about three uh, people. She said the rest of them ain't really got, they don't really know how to sing. They're not really good singers. She was putting herself at the top. And I thought to myself, boy, you have no idea what you're saying. You have no idea where that, that voice that you're speaking is coming from. The enemy wants to exalt people, not God. But see, we know we're nothing. You know, you, you, you sometimes, and, and I've heard people say, well, yeah, I'm a real good singer. I used to sing all the time. And you know what they may have? But somewhere along the line, they lost a little of it. Hey, I've been there. I can't hear tones anymore. I can't hear harmony sometimes no more. And I used to sing a lot of times. And I loved it. Boy, I got wrapped up in it. It was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed praising God, but I enjoyed because God gave me something to do. And you know what? I ain't relying on my singing to get me to heaven. 
I'm relying on him, my Savior that paid my price. But in Ezekiel, he says in verse 15, he says, look down at verse 15. He says, thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in you, found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities and by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore, thou, therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee. And I, talking to God, saying, I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror. Listen to this. And never shalt thou be anymore. You know what? Me and you can't say that to him. But God can. God's basically saying here in Ezekiel, I'm calling you out. One of these days, I'm going to put you down. And one of these days, you're going to be no more. And when I read at the end of the Bible, I realize Satan is cast into the lake of fire to be tormented forever and ever. Now, you know what? I'm glad that God's our Savior and our Lord. We got somebody that gives us great grace, great mercy, great love. He's paid the price for you and I, and all he asks for is to believe him. Believe him. Hold on to him. But the enemy is going to fight you from the day you're born to the day you die. He opposes. Satan's one big job is to oppose God's people. And I'm going to read a couple of things. It says in Genesis 3, 4, and 5, you don't have to turn there, but the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God doth know that you, that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes will be open, and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. Satan challenged Eve to do what? To doubt what God said. How many Christians are doing that today? God said it one way, but we don't really think he meant that. That was way back then. We'll change it to a new Bible. We'll just redo it. Because surely he ain't upset at me because I'm living with somebody. Surely he ain't, and I'm not married. Surely he ain't mad at me because my kids are gay. Let me tell you something. God's not mad at nobody. God's trying his best to rescue, just like he's trying to rescue you. And he's trying to rescue all that will come to him. But he's not changing his ways, nor does he need to. He designed it, he made it, and it's that way. 
And you know what? We can keep on letting our mind and let the enemy have his way and he will conjure up more and more because the evil will constantly multiply. It does from generation to generation. You may not like what I'm saying. You may not care what I'm saying. You may say I got my rights to live the way I want and do the way I want and I live in America and I'm allowed to be free. But I'm going to tell you something, brother. You've got a short time before you face eternity and when you do, you'll face the God that made it. Because he said it his way. And it'll be his way. And it's not my opinion. It's his opinion. Read it for yourself. You stand here week after week. And I promise you, you better do it his way. You have no choice. I have no choice. I don't hate nobody. I don't hate a gay person. I don't hate nobody. But I hate sin. I hate sin. It's tried to destroy me, and it'll try to destroy you. And when I look at those little innocent faces this week, I said, oh, devil, you ain't getting these little kids. Somebody's putting the gospel in their hearts. Somebody's telling them that Jesus loves them. Do you know how many children raised in this nation that don't know Jesus loves them? They've never heard about it. Their parents never would go that way. They don't want to hear about church. Satan keeps opposing. I want you to look at Zechariah. You don't have to turn there. I'm reading two verses. The first two verses of chapter 3 of Zechariah. There was a Joshua the high priest. This is a different Joshua, but it's, he's a high priest. And he's standing there representing Israel. And Zechariah's giving a word to him. And there's an angel talking to him. But I want you to hear what happened. And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing on his, at his right hand to resist him. Listen to what I'm telling you. You think the devil don't care about you? When he sees you making a move for God, he'll fight you tooth and nail. I got up this morning, my back was hurting. I didn't tell my wife because I said, no, that's just the enemy. I ain't letting the enemy tell me to, to put a bunch of medicine on and make myself dizzy up here or make myself hurt. I'm going to worry about that after this. But today i got to speak what God said to me. Amen. And I don't want the devil getting in my way. And I ain't nobody. God help me, I'm nobody. But this is God's way. He says, And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuked thee, Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebukes thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? I'm pulling Jerusalem out of the fire of the, of the evil that they've done. I'm trying to restore them. And Satan, get out of the way. You're, he's standing. I want to show you how the enemy has stood right there when, the, when uh, Zechariah is given a word. And the angel of the Lord is standing there. Here is the Satan standing at the right hand to resist him. See, you say, oh, if I just knew what God would want me to do, I'd just go do it. No, you won't. Devil fight you tooth and nail. Your family will be upset at you. Your children will be upset at you. Your wife will be upset. Somebody will be upset at you. And you know what they'll do? They'll listen to a little voice that says, I'm going to get cheated in life. I'm not going to get all out. I, I want to be spoiled. I don't want you giving all your attention to God. I'll bet you my mother probably thought that at the times. 
different people. You know why? Because the enemy don't want you to walk forward for God. He don't want you to get excited. He don't want you to learn things about God. He wants you to hold on to this world and hold on to yourself and to your own pride, just like the enemy did. He got a hold of his pride. He exalted himself. On down at Matthew, and you've heard this many times. I won't read it. It's talking about Jesus was tempted and opposed by Satan. Said then when uh, verse four, uh, chapter four of Matthew, verse one said, then was Jesus led up of the spirit in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Verse three says, and when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. What's he trying to do? He's trying to tell him what he ought to do if he's really the son of God. But how many knows he has already got a commission from the father? I don't listen to you, devil. You're a liar. You're a liar, devil, and you've always been a liar. You was a liar from the beginning. John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil, Jesus said, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. Let me tell you something. I didn't say that. Jesus said it. If you don't like what he's saying, you know what you have to deal with him. But he's telling us what's going on. He's letting you know that the devil's a liar and he's coming to tell you stuff all the time. He's standing to resist you every time you're trying to live for God. So listen to what I'm telling you. Clean your house. You know what? Prepare this place to be a sanctuary. I'm talking about you. Prepare your heart to be a sanctuary for God. And the enemy will fight you. But I promise you, you hold on that, that God will bless you to death. And God will use you to help somebody. Because God is exalted when we surrender ourselves and become a tabernacle, a temple for the Holy Spirit to work through. John 13, 2, and you've heard this. The supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to do what? To betray him. How could Judas walk with Jesus and see him do so many beautiful things? He healed the sick, he raised the dead. He spoke words that no one else ever spoke. He loved the sinner. He loved each one. He drawed them to himself and forgave people. How could Judas see all of that? One of his disciples. And yet turn his face and go and betray him. For what? A little bit of silver? 30 pieces of silver? Would you give up Jesus for the 30 pieces of silver? I don't care what silver is going for. He, it's, you know what? You don't understand the Savior that, you, that you're serving and the power that he has. For he has defeated Satan. Satan is a marked man. His time is coming short. Ephesians 4. I'm going to read a couple verses here. 
And I want to change the, the uh, story here. It ain't about just that Satan's opposing you, but the Bible teaches us to resist him. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Did you know the Bible teaches you to resist the devil? It says in Ephesians 4.25, Wherefore put away lying, speaking never man truth, Paul's telling the Ephesians, with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not, and let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Somebody told me this morning, it was Dave, I think it was, told me he was driving the other day or yesterday or whatever, said these two guys, one guy, didn't like what the other guy did, and they're giving each other the finger, and they finally pull each other over, and they're uh, going to have a big knockdown drag out. You don't think the devil's out there waiting on you? Uh, be careful that what's running your car is not impatience, because the devil loves to, loves to find impatient people. And I know because he's found me a lot of times out there. Yeah, don't shake your head. But he goes on to say, neither give place to the devil. Talking to Christians. He's talking to the Ephesians. Don't give him place to enter in. You know what that means? That means stay in the word. Stay in love with Jesus. Stay in the house of God. Stay in tune with your brothers and your sisters in Christ. Stay in tune. You need to run under the teachers and under the preachers and let them read and teach you about Jesus because I can tell you right now you're going to need everything they give you and you know what it'll be him that'll fight for you but you'll know the words to speak you'll know the prayers to pray stay close to him because you can't win this without him resist him don't let Satan in Ephesians on over in chapter 6, and you've heard this. 10th verse says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wiles means the tricks of the devil. The tricks of the devil's gotten in every... You, you hear the families, everybody here, I don't care where you're from, you've either got friends or family that's been tricked by Satan. They're either tricked and they're still in the world or they're tricked in the church. Because I see a lot of that going on. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against rulers of the darkness of this world. And I want to tell you something. We got some rulers in darkness in this world. I don't know if you know it, but there's some of them up there in Washington. Some of them's right here in Ohio. And they're rulers of darkness. You hear what I'm telling you? They're rulers of darkness. They don't want this nation to be a godly nation. They don't want Jesus Christ mentioned in the schools. They don't want you teaching your children about that. They want to take your children and take them out and dip them in the Kool-Aid of what they're teaching and get them away from you parents. That's what they're doing in the school system. And if you're a teacher here, I'm sorry. But you know what? They got into your system because what did they do? They exalted the teachers. Oh, they're the only ones that really know what's going on. And they're the really only the ones can tell you what's, what's really right and wrong. So let them teach the children. We'll change the nation without a fight. 
And that's what they're doing. They're feeding our children poison. I know you don't want to hear that, but it's true. It says also against spiritual wickedness in high places. The enemy is behind this. It's not just somebody selfish. It's not just uh, evil people that likes money, wants to make money off everybody. It's not just those things. There's a real devil behind what's going on. Hear what I'm telling you. There is spiritual wickedness behind what's going on. And until you may open your eyes and let God open your eyes and discern what they're saying, and I can tell you right now, the true Christians know exactly what's happening in our country. They see it. They don't have to have somebody to give them a book to understand it. They see it. It's perfectly clear what God has already said is happening day after day after day. James said this, Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But until you make up your mind, I resist. I took, me and my wife was talking this week. We was thinking maybe we ought to start going to every one of these school council meetings. Now, we ain't smart enough. I wasn't smart enough hardly to get through school. But I can tell you right now, I can tell you, I can tell when somebody's telling a story. When the, what the story they got, Bobby can fool me pretty good, but most of them, <laughs> he starts out telling something, and I'm thinking, I don't know if this is the truth or not, because Bobby's got away with it. But a lot of those times, they are telling stuff, and I can tell you, I can tell when they're lying. Sorry, but that's just something God showed you. And I told my wife, I said, don't believe what they're telling you. That's, that's not the truth. And you know what? It ain't being smart. It's being in God's Word. It's being in God's Word and listening to the voice of God. And God will say, you're building up something big, but it ain't what you say. They want control over our children. And you know what? It bothers me, and I'm saying to myself, what am I supposed to do? Well, I'm an old, old man. All my grandkids are almost out of school. They're all working through school. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I, can I do? I can sit there and listen to them and if they give me an opportunity, say, I don't believe what you're saying is true. And if they hate my guts, if they dread to see me come, maybe somebody needs to put a little accountability to their, to their face. You know what? I'm not telling you what you're to do. I don't know what you're to do. I sometimes sit home, I pray about it. I pray, but I see the enemy constantly working through these things. And people are so naive, they just believe anything they tell them. 1 Peter 5 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Then it says in verse 9, Whom, talking about whom, that's the devil, whom resists steadfast in the faith. Listen to me, Christian. You can rise up and say, I do not believe in you. You can rise up and say that to this, the what's going on. But it's telling you resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now I'm going to say something you ain't never heard. I don't know, probably in Proverbs, the 15th chapter, the ninth verse. 
Listen to what Solomon said. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves him that follows righteousness. Correction is grievous unto him that forsook the way. If there, you know the people that don't want to hear about God are those that knew God one time, and they've walked away from God, and they can't stand to hear about it. They run and hide. They don't want to be accountable. They don't want in front of their face. They've done made their choice. Then it says, and he that hates reproof shall die. And I'll tell you right now, we got a lot of people can't stand to be corrected. You know what? You can say anything in the world to them. You can tell them uh, uh, anything you want to. But the truth is, don't reprove them. Don't correct them. They can't take it. They won't take the blame. They won't take the, uh, the, the, the word that you're saying. They'll look at you and they'll say, just like the enemy, they'll say, well, you got problems too. Well, sure you do. Let me tell you something. Sometimes it's my place to say something. And sometimes it's my place to just pray. Christian, listen to what I'm telling you. Because this is dividing churches. Dividing churches is when the enemy tells you to correct somebody, but it's not your place to do it. You know what? It ain't even your time to do it. God knows exactly what's going on. He knows their life and he knows your life. But there's, well, here's the words I want you to hear. Verse 11. Hell and destruction are before the Lord. I want you to think about that a minute. Hell and destruction are before the Lord. Did you know that our Heavenly Father is sitting in heaven right now. Do you know what He sees in the future? He sees hell and destruction. Listen to me. And He's the one that has the right to send them there. And yet He loves us. Yet He'll forgive you. Yet I don't care what you've done. God will clean you up like you was a, a brand new little girl, a brand new little boy. And he'll make you new. But all the time, God is looking. Hell and destruction is before him. Me and you, we don't worry about that because God's in charge. We're under his blood. But God is seeing hell and destruction. He sees it as he sees the world that he said would come. This evil day would come. This satanic garbage that's going down in front of our children every week, every day. It's involved in every sport. It's been involved in every school. It's involved in every family. It's involved in your phones, your TVs. Anything that the devil is behind to get you to take the carrot, he's throwing them out at you. He wants you to be controlled by what they're doing. And I tell you right now, you'll find out what's in people when you take all those things away from them. About, I don't know, 10 years ago, we had one of those hurricanes that went down through the coast or down through, came up through Cincinnati or the, the remnants of it. And it blowed the wind crazy through Cincinnati. And everybody lost electricity for a week. I don't know about you, but 
lot of people lost. My mom and dad lost it for a week. And you know how hard it is on kids that ain't got electricity? You know what? They can't handle it. What do you mean the TV don't work? Put it on a battery. Make it work. <laughs> they can't handle it. They can't handle their phones not being able to be charged. They can't handle none of that. Why? Because we have completely put them underneath that. And, and our business is the same way. I worked on a railroad. They, back around 2000, they jacked up the railroad and put computers under everything. The train couldn't run unless the computer said run. And I'm sitting on the train waiting to go. But nope, computer's acting up right now, so sorry, we, not, we can't let you out. And I've sat there for hours. And I think, you're destroying your business. You're destroying our jobs. But they jacked everything up, put computers under everything. And who's controlling it? The computer. Everything about you, no matter what they tell you, they know it already. They know what you watch on television. They know what you're seeing on the Internet. They're arresting people all the time for stuff all the time. That they're, they're, they got policemen that watch that stuff all the time. They got people in charge of that. And yet we keep following the carrot. Whatever they say, we run and do it. The enemy's behind that. He's trying to get enough control out of these people that want to do it to put us down under the thumb. Yeah, I know you don't want to hear this, so I'm not going to dwell on it no more. But hell and destruction are before the Lord. How much more their hearts of the children the hearts of the children of men. God not only sees hell and destruction, but he sees the hearts of these children, the children of our children, the generation behind us, the generation that we've sat down and done nothing about telling them about Jesus, the one that we've not showed them Jesus. They're facing a world, and they you think they're smart. You think they're educated. They can have college degrees out the kazoo, but I'll tell you right now, they're not going to be able to fight what's coming. There ain't enough wisdom to, for man to fight it. They will be defeated without Christ. So if you're going to teach them anything, teach them about Jesus. And it's not too late. Start showing them you read your Bible. Start showing them we pray. Start showing them the way that they need to walk. In Revelation 9, 11, one verse, it says, there was locusts that came out. This is one of the woes, one of the plagues. And the plague of the locusts came out. And it says in verse 11, they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. And his name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue, hath his name Apollyon. Now, why would I bring that out? I'm going to tell you why. Both of those names, Abaddon and Apollyon, are given to the devil, and they both mean destroyer. How many knows the devil's destroying? He's destroying this country. He's destroying the nations. He's destroying everything. And eventually, when he gets cast out of heaven, in the 12th chapter of Revelation, when he gets cast out and he has no right to come up there and accuse the brethren no more, listen to me, he'll come to the earth and that's when the battle of Armageddon begins to get formed together. 
because he's going to come to the earth and he's going to draw all the nations together and he's after destruction. You think he's after just to be king? No, he's after to destroy. Jesus said it himself. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come to give you life and that more abundantly. Listen to what I'm telling you today. I want you to hear it. The enemy is a destroyer. He's not your buddy. You can't do half of what he wants and half of what Christ wants. You're going to have to make up your mind, Lord, I choose to walk with you. If that's a humble way or if that, Lord, and I know it is, but if it's a poor way, if I have to give up everything I own, if I have to give up my friends, my family, I have to do one thing. First, walk with Jesus first. Until we make up our mind, God can't use us. We're going to be nothing but used to the enemy. God's trying his best to draw his people to him. But the enemy's got all kinds of names, and destroyer's one of them. I don't want to leave you on a bad note. It says in John, 1 John 3, 8, He that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, listen, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Praise God, we got something to counter the devil. It ain't you. It ain't how many books you read. It ain't how many professors you talk to. But his name is Jesus. He's the one that's the defeater. He's the one that come to destroy the works of Satan. And can I tell you, he built this nation. He intended for, for the United States to be here. And he's looking at his people, Israel. And even though they're not serving him, and they're in, still in that rebellious state, I want you to understand something. One day, God's son is going to come back. And he's going to stop that battle of Armageddon when they come to destroy Israel. And he's going to take over. And he's going to reign and rule for a thousand years. I will tell you something. It ain't hard to commit to somebody that you love and you know loves you. It ain't hard to submit to his reign and rule. I'm looking forward to that day. I remember when I was a child, I didn't have no worries at all. Mom and Dad worried about the bills. I just ate whatever Mom put in front of us. I just didn't. I didn't care what it was. I just wanted how much I got of it. Because I was always hungry. I didn't have a worry in the world. You know what? One day I'm going to a place where I'm going to have no more worries. No more fears. No more doubts. No more crying. No more tears. No more death. No more separation. I'm going where he's in charge. And I love it when he's in charge. Amen. Praise God. In Colossians, somebody, Becky, or not Becky, Matthew, come, on, come back up, whoever's going to sing. It says in uh, Colossians 2.13, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him. Having forgiven all trespasses. You know he forgave me for everything I did. You say that don't make sense. You mean you defied God? You mean you walked away from God? Yeah. 
and he forgave me for all. And he sent me back on a pedestal and made me his child. He didn't put on the servant's robe. He put on the royal robe around me and made me his son again, like that prodigal son. He put on the shoes and the ring on his thing. He calls us children of God. It says blotting out. He blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled the principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. He triumphed. When he went to the cross, he triumphed over the evil and the sin that had destroyed us. And he brought grace and mercy to all that will come. Praise God. Last word, last one. It says Satan and his angels are cast out of heaven in the 12th chapter. And listen to the names that he calls them. It says, and the great dragon... That's Satan, was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren, another name, accuser, the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by what? The blood of the Lamb. Praise God. The blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. Satan is the accuser. But can I tell you, when I read that, you know what it reminds me of? He's also a loser. The accuser is going to be the loser. He's accused his, he's going to, his days of accusing is gone. No, he's going to become the loser. Because there is victory in Jesus. We sang a song. The devil was defeated again. All the way through the Bible, it goes through that song. So I can't remember all them words, but I was thinking about it. The devil was defeated again. And I want to tell you something. We're going to be singing that again one day. One of these days when he, when the trump of God sounds and we're rose from the dead and we're with him, we can look back and say, Goodbye, old devil, I'm through with you. And I know there's victory in Jesus. He's defeated again. We have to be serious about this day that we're living don't toy with the enemy. He's more powerful than you can handle. You can only have victory in Jesus. There is no other. Everybody stand if you will. I thank you for your patience. Didn't mean to be this long. But I want you to know something. I felt like this is a warning from God. The devil's real. Quit acting like you got it made because you live in America. The devil's destroying America. Listen to me. I don't care where you're from. I don't care where you live. 
The enemy will be there to try to destroy you. Jesus defeated him, and we have victory through him. Hold to it. Come to it. Commit your life to it. He will see you through. He knows how to preserve you to that day. Praise God. While they sing, while you sing something, you need to pray. There'll be people up here praying. This altar's always open if you need to pray.